The 14th century English mystic Julian of Norwich has been talked about by people in many different ways, but first and foremost, she's the author of an extraordinary text, The Revelations, which is the earliest known text authored by a woman in English. Personally, she has been a friend and companion in my Christian life for over 30 years. I'm the Reverend David Simmons, Episcopal priest and oblate in the Order of Julian of Norwich. Thank you for joining me as we read and pray through the works of this extraordinary woman of faith and explore what she has to teach us about God's love. Hi there, and welcome to Love Was His Meaning, reading and praying with Julian of Norwich. Uh, thank you for joining us for our third episode today, uh, and we will begin with the office. Uh, if you're w watching by the video, uh, you can see the URL for our office uh, liturgy at the bottom, or you can find it in the link uh, in, the auto in the audio section. Let's prepare ourselves for prayer. Send out your light and your truth that they may lead me, and bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Let us say together Psalm 84. How dear to me is your dwelling, O Lord of hosts! My soul has a desire and longing for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh rejoice in the living God. The sparrow has found her a house, and the swallow a nest where she may lay her young. By the side of your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Happy are they who dwell in your house, they will always be praising you. Happy are the people whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on the pilgrim's way. Those who go through the desolate valley will find it a place of springs, for the early rains have covered it with pools of water. They will climb from height to height, and the God of gods will reveal himself in Zion. Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Hearken, O God of Jacob. Behold our defender, O God, and look upon the face of your anointed, for one day in your courts is better than a thousand in my own room, and to stand at the threshold of the house of my God, than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is both sun and shield. He will give grace and glory. No good thing will the Lord withhold from those who walk with integrity. O Lord of hosts, happy are they who put their trust in you. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Let's join together in the prayer of Julian. God of your goodness, give me yourself, for you are enough to me, and I can ask nothing that is less that can be full honor to you. And if I ask anything that is less, I shall always be in want, for only in you have I all. Amen. So we're ready to continue into chapter 2 of the Revelations today. These revelations were shown to a simple creature that had learned no letter in the year of our Lord, 1373, the eighth day of May. This creature had previously desired three gifts from God. The first was memory of his passion. The second was bodily sickness in youth at 30 years of age. The third was to have from God three gifts, three gift from God's gift three wounds. As for the first, which came to my mind with devotion, I thought I had some sense of the passion of Christ. 
but still I desired more by the grace of God. I thought that I wished to have been at that time with Mary Magdalene and with the others who were Christ's lovers, and therefore I desired a bodily sight, wherein I could have more knowledge of the bodily pains of our Saviour, and of the compassion of Our Lady, and of all his true lovers who at that time saw his pains, for I wished to be one of them and to suffer with them. I never desired any other sight or showing of God until the soul was departed from the body, for I believed to be saved by the mercy of God. The purpose for this petition was so that after the showing I would have a more true consciousness of the passion of Christ. The second gift came to my mind with contrition, freely without any effort, a willing desire to have from God's gift a bodily sickness. I wished that the sickness would be so severe as to seem mortal so that I could, in that sickness, receive all my rites of holy church, myself expecting that I should die, and that all creatures who saw me could suppose the same, for I wished to have no kind of comfort from earthly life. In this sickness, I desired to have all the kinds of pains, bodily and spiritual, that I would have if I were to die, with all the fears and trepidations and temptations of the fiends, except the outpassing of the soul. And this I intended, so that I would be purged by the mercy of God, and afterward live more to the honor of God because of that sickness. For I hoped that it could be to my benefit when I would have died, for I desired to be soon with my God and Maker. These two desires for the passion and the sickness I desired of him with a condition, for it seemed to me that this was not the common custom of prayer, saying thus, Lord, thou knowest what I wish, if it be thy will that I have it, grant it me. And if it not be thy will, good Lord, be not displeased, for I want nothing except that thou wilt. For the third gift, by the grace of God and teaching of Holy Church, I conceived a mighty desire to receive three wounds while I was alive, that is to say, the wound of true contrition, the wound of kind compassion, and the wound of wish-filled yearning for God. And just as I asked the other two with a condition, so all this last petition I asked mightily, without any condition. The first two desires passed from my memory, but the third dwelled with me constantly. Here ends the reading. So as we go into this second chapter of Julian, uh, we get a few things to, to take of note. The first is uh, something I talked about in the introduction. Uh, she says these revelations were shown to a simple creature who had learned no letter. Um, as I discussed in the intro, um, most people believe that she probably could read and write, at least in English. Uh, having no letter uh, uh, probably means that she couldn't read and write in Latin, which uh, if you were going to be um, considered to be fluent or, or to, to be a, a lettered person, you would have to understand and be able to read and write Latin. Uh, but she shows an incredible understanding of a lot of spiritual depth that most people believe that she would have had to have had at least some some form of of literacy. Uh, the other is this this word that she uses here, and she uses a lot. A simple creature. She describes herself as simple creature. She also talks about the rest of us as creatures. It's a very interesting word to use. Uh, it's a genderless uh, word. Uh, which is interesting for the time. She obviously could talk about her as a simple woman or something like that, but she she uses this creatureliness an awful lot uh, to kind of have a kind of a homely uh, a homely um, 
uh, simpleness uh, to what she's talking about uh, and uses it in relation to both her and to the other, uh, to everybody else, all the even Christians that she's writing for. So she asks for three things. Uh, this is, these are three things she asked early in her life. Um, the first uh, is to have a sense of the passion of Christ, to be there with uh, Mary, the mother of God, with Mary Magdalene and with the others to kind of have a vision of that suffering of Christ. Now, in some ways, this seems kind of weird to us as as moderns, because kind of part of our the way we operate in a modern society is to try to avoid suffering at any cost. I mean, um, and some some of that is really good. I mean, palliative care is an amazing thing that I highly recommend that people um, take care of it at end of life. Um, but there's also sometimes a, an unhealthy way in which we avoid um, all suffering, that we, we believe that suffering is the worst that can happen to us, as opposed to sometimes just simply part of life. For people in Julian's time, suffering was a constant thing. Uh, we, we've talked about in the, in the intro about all of the things that, went, that happened during her lifetime, which were amazing. Sickness, death, schism within the church, uh, war, um, all of these other things were going on at the same time. So suffering was something that all of the people around her were dealing with. So wanting to enter into Christ's suffering in some ways isn't asking to take more suffering upon herself that she doesn't already have. It's to experience that suffering of Christ and be in union with the way that Christ shows us that Christ is with us in our suffering. So she's she's definitely trying to put herself into that mold. And this is not an unusual thing for uh, mystics to have visions of uh, in her time. Most of the mystics of her time have some very detailed visions of Christ's passion and death, and we'll get that as well. And we'll talk about that a little bit more than we get to it. The second is a willing desire to have from God's gift a bodily sickness. Now, this is an unusual request. Uh, we can't find this in, in any of the other mystics. Um, but this idea of having a sickness that's so severe that she would think that she was going to die and that she would receive all of the ministrations of, of, of the church as if she was going to die. So she'd receive last communion. We have to remember that people did not receive communion every week. It was something most people did, maybe twice a year, and then when they were going to die. Uh, so an, an anointing um, and, and um, forgiveness of sins. So, so to, have to receive all these rites of Holy Church... Um, before she dies, to receive all those. That's part of her, her request. And the third um, is a desire to see, receive three wounds. Now, this idea of receiving three wounds, where did she get that? Um, it's really common. Uh, John Julian notes that um, the uh, paintings of St. Cecilia were very common in the area in churches. And Cecilia, um, the, the legend is, is that St. Cecilia received three sword blows to her neck. So this idea of three wounds is, is something that's fairly common in the devotional culture of the time. Um, but the three things she asked for is true contrition, so a, a wound of true contrition, of, of, of true repentance. Uh, the wound of kind compassion, so the wound of becoming a person with a very open heart. And the wound of wish-filled yearning for God. So continually be yearning for God, uh, for, for, for union with God. Now, the thing that we, as she says, the first two desires passed from her memory, but the third was with her constantly. So this wish-filled yearning for God was something that was constantly with her. Now, what's really interesting about two of these things, first of all, the um, 
the wish for the sickness and also uh, these these wounds that she wishes to receive, which are not physical wounds, but are our, our mental wounds, our spiritual wounds. Um, these things that she asks for are actually preparatory for what she'll do for the rest of her life. I mean, if if this is what she asks for, then her spending the rest of her life as an anchorite really kind of works out because, uh, as as we might remember from the opening, um, when you become an anchorite and are put into the cell, there's actually a funeral rite done for you. You're basically considered dead to the world um, at that point, as our opening song so blithely talks about, uh, to your own family, you might as well be dead. Um, basically, you're, you're, you're kind of dead to the world. You are put in the cell and you're, the, the funeral rites are done for you and you're kind of done. Um, obviously, you're not. You spend the rest of your life in the cell, meditating, giving advice and stuff like that. But she's received all the rights of the church already on, on this, with, from this sickness. And so therefore to then move on, uh, and, and be dead to the world as an anchorite is not too much of a stretch for her. And the second is that these wounds that she's given of penitence, probably mo in some ways, most importantly, that wish of compassion, that wish of being a compassionate person for other people, and that wish to continually yearn for God are all things that will serve her incredibly well for the rest of her ministry uh, out the window of her cell of her anchor hold. So in some ways we set the, the, the we see the it's set here. She didn't wish to be an anchorite, but these wishes that she had um, certainly prepared her for that ministry in a way she probably could have never expected. Um, the other thing I want to point out here is this particular sentence she uses. Uh, this condition that she adds in. Lord, thou knowest what I wish. If it be thy will that I have it, grant it me. And if it be not thy will, good Lord, be not displeased, for I want nothing except that thou wilt. That's an extraordinarily good prayer. Um, God knows what we want at all times. You know, we're not hiding anything from God. So therefore, people often ask, well, why do we pray for things? If if God already knows what we want. And the answer is here. We we pray it so that we acknowledge it and put it out front. And then if we're trying to be faithful, it's really good to add this whole thing on. Thou knowest what I wish. If it be your will that I have it, give it to me. Yep. Be honest. It's what you want. Ask for it. And then if it's not your will, be Lord, don't be displeased for I want only what you will. You know, the reason we pray isn't so that God can figure out what we want. It's so that we can figure out what's actually possible and open ourselves up to possibilities. Um, and also to acknowledge that the answer that we get uh, to our prayers may not be exactly what we would want or exactly the way that we would think about it. And when we pray this prayer of, you know what I wish, if it's your will that I have it, grant it me. And if it's not your will, don't be displeased, for I don't want anything except for what you want. That's a really great, great prayer because it prepares us for all eventualities in the answer to our prayers. Uh, prayer is about communication with God. It's about spending time with God. It's not about telling, uh, per se, about telling God what we want because God already knows that. But it's about preparing ourselves for the answer because prayer is always answered, just not always in the ways that we wish to. All right, we will go ahead and continue with our office with the Apostles' Creed.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Lord, I, I ask your prayers for all of those in Waukesha as we recover from multiple tragedies in the last few weeks. We pray for all those who are currently suffering from COVID-19, for all those who are in the helping professions. I bid your prayers and intercessions at this time. Let us say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. Most holy Lord, the ground of our beseeching, who through your servant St. Julian revealed the wonder of your love, grant that as we are created in your nature and restored by your grace, our wills may be so made one with yours that we may come to see you face to face and gaze on you forever, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, we'll uh, see you next time. Until then, take care of yourselves and God bless. Thank you for joining me for Love Was His Meaning today. This podcast is generally available twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. The text of Julian's Revelations used in this podcast is The Complete Julian by Father John Julian Swanson OJN and is used by permission of the Order of Julian of Norwich. The theme music is Julian of Norwich by Bombadil and is used under license.